Welcome to Home with Havila. This is Havila Kennington, and I am continuing, or I should say we are continuing our relationship series on the podcast today. I don't know if you enjoyed last week, but man, that was powerful. Krista Smith, I cannot wait for her book to come out. If you did not catch that and you are a single person, a single woman who's in the waiting, she talked about the difference between contending and contentment and how to get in the space of both. So make sure you go back and listen to that podcast. But today we're going to jump into marriage and relationships. And I'm joined by the love of my life, Ben Cunnington. Yep, I'm here. (laughs) And then also some dear friends of ours and really a couple that has been strategic in helping hundreds, if not thousands of marriages around the world, Lori and Barry Burns. Thank you for being here on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. So tell us exactly what you do and kind of the, you know, I know it's, I know it says lamb, but I'd love you guys to kind of explain a little bit what you do and uh, kind of what you do and where you are and all the stuff. Well, LAM, L-A-M, stands for Love After Marriage, and that's our marriage ministry. It's actually under the umbrella of Nothing Hidden Ministries as our ministry. And uh, Love After Marriage started in 2008. It actually came from a dream that Lori had, and God gave me the interpretation. And then we wrote everything down that Heaven was telling us. For an hour yeah. and a half, he gave us the specs for this yeah. ministry. Why don't you tell the dream just real quick? That, that okay, it's kind of an X-rated dream. <laughs> now nothing is x-rayed is it well barry and i were in the back of a flatbed truck out on my parents street and we were making love something we would never do and not, not make love just not on the flatbed not truck and, and not, not, not on naked. my parents street <laughs> we were naked in the back of this flatbed truck yes. on the street yes yeah. And there's a lot of parts to the dream. Men were trimming trees down the street, and they were coming towards us. And the Lord was just showing us lots of different things, like there are going to be people that are going to be working on their own marriages. Mm-hmm. And um, as, as he came up with the interpretation, we realized that this was talking about God was calling us into a place to be transparent and open and nothing hidden. He didn't want us to be acting like we had it all together. He wanted us telling stuff that was real. He wanted us telling testimonies and stories and all kinds of things that we've heard for years that were encouraging. So the transparency and vulnerability, that was pictured by the nakedness. Yes. And that's actually the picture of biblical idea of truth. There's nothing hidden. It's not concealing, not hiding. It's a lot more than not lying. And so it's truth in the act of making love. So it's always truth and love together in a marriage. And, and then the fact that we were making love, we had no idea how much the Lord would require us to talk about sex. Yeah. And he began at that point, he began opening the door and teaching us sexually about what he believes and what he wants for the church and what he wants in a marriage. And it, it, it was crazy because we don't believe that sex is the most important thing in marriage but we believe it's equally as important as spiritual oneness and emotional oneness. And so the Lord gave us more spiritual experiences, dreams, encounters. I, had, I was in a trance. I mean, all kinds of things about the sexual area, not because it's the most important thing in marriage, but because 
the church has not really gotten into yeah. it. At least when we started this, we were one of the very few. Now a lot of people are picking up. You guys teach so well on that too. But it was like the Lord um, invited us into a journey. Would you like to keep learning about this? And then we just share about what goes on. We had no idea at the level that we'd be, you know, the of intimacy and transparency that we'd be talking about our sexual relationship all over the world. And, and how long ago was this? Was this a couple, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? When did this start? 12, 12 years. years ago. 12 years 2008 ago. 2008 we began. Years. Wow. And at that point, you were married. I assume you were, were you on staff anywhere? Or I know, you know, Barry, you are a licensed counselor. Marriage and family. So, yeah, marriage and family counseling. So was that what you guys were doing at that time? Well, I was doing counseling. Lori was actually on staff. I as was the community life pastor at the time. And it was actually Danny Silk talking to us. One day he was talking to me and he said, do you know about how many, do you know if there are any good marriages in our church even? Wow. You know? And I was saying, you know, I don't know everybody, of course, but I have not seen that many strong marriages. And we were at that point, you know, he was, of course, a marriage and family therapist. I was a mom, and we had no desire to do a marriage ministry, but we went home that night, and that's when he gave us the dream. And then Barry got the interpretation. He goes, I think this is our marriage ministry. Oh. And so it kind of started from that. And then Danny really pushed us into, you know, you need to make some videos, and you need to get this out there. And oh, we go, no, we don't want to do videos. We just... We just want to stay here and do it in our local church. And so we put him off for a while, and then we finally did it. Yeah, and and then it started spreading, and it went all over the world, because everything at Bethel goes all over the world. Yeah, it does. So you started to, you, you filmed a few things. You began to really work towards healthy marriages. And how did you get love after marriage? Like, did that come right away as well, or did that kind of grow into something? That was another dream. That was a dream that I had. And we were preparing the coursework and the all of that, and I had a dream, and in this dream, a woman named Karen was talking about love after marriage. And the name Karen comes from the name Catherine, which means pure. Mm -hmm. And I actually talked to the people that were working with us at that time, and I said, I think this may be from God. So we, I really feel like God gave us that, that name for the marriage also, or for the uh, ministry. Some people think it's about helping people after they've been married, after they've been married in terms of divorced and remarried, something like that, but anyway. We do feel like God gave us that, that name. It's amazing. And so what does it look like? You know, we'll get into kind of the heart of that. But right now, you guys host events when the world's open. And those events are weekend long, right, events that you host? Is They're that actually like we do five-day workshops, 60 hours straight through wow. workshops. And then our ambassadors go all over the United States, and they do three-and-a-half-day workshops. So we That's don't really do weekend. We try to weekend at the beginning, and it just, there was so much that God had given us, and you, you have to prepare. You can't just jump into the sexual part. You have to have this spiritual and emotional set up. So to do it in one weekend, we did it, and it, it was okay, but we felt like it needs a little bit more. We need to have a little bit more preparation. So We started this as a week-by-week week week workshop at Bethel. It was 18 weeks. And, and one of the things that people were telling us at that time was, you know what, people, and we, we said it's a commitment. It's not a class that you come to. You're in a small group that depends upon you to be there. Again, with the, if you're going to have vulnerability and intimacy, then you're creating a safe place and you need consistency. And people are saying they won't come, people won't come, people won't come. And I said, you know what, 
we, we need to do something that marriage deserves. Marriage deserves more than, than the good teaching that's out there. If you're really going to help people who are broken, they need, and, and it's not directly face-to-face -face counseling, they need somewhere where they can get healed in the middle of this, this workshop. And so we just kind of said, well, if people don't want to come, they won't come. But this is what we feel God is calling us to do. And, and we've, I think for me, one of the biggest surprises is that God is opening up issues every bit as deep as he did in private counseling, and he's healing them. He's healing them. He's turning them around in a week or in a, in a, you know, in a, through the course of a session. It doesn't mean they don't need ongoing help after that, but he's turning it around. And I know what it's like to work with couples with infidelity and addiction issues, things like that. And, um, and the, the length of time it would take in individual face-to-face -face counseling many times. And so I've just seen God really expedite things with the number of people we can reach and even in the time he's doing things. Yeah. What's the thing, just take it a little deeper, what is the thing that you think people miss when it comes to marriage? What's that thing that you go, we were surprised to see that this seems to be the thing that most people miss that's kind of the secret to a healthy and happy marriage? You know, I've never heard it put like that before, but when you said that, I knew right away um, people's past. Everything that the enemy did to try to destroy a person, if they are, haven't been working on it or they haven't gotten healed, they carry it into their marriage, they have children, and it now becomes generational. And so a whole family is taken out when we don't um, allow the Lord to go in and deal with, and this is what we say, we don't tell people, you have to share all these things. We say, the only rule is share what Holy Spirit tells you to share and then do what he tells you to do. And people have been able to do that because Holy, I, we don't tell them at that point that Holy Spirit is going for the jugular. <laughs> but I mean, he really does. He uncovers things that people don't even know is there, stuff that they weren't even aware of. He goes through, he deals with addiction. The Holy Spirit, What we, we have people that have been involved in SRA, sure. Freemasonry, all kinds of horrible abuse. And the Lord just, he brings healing. Probably most of the healing, wouldn't you say, happens in the small group. Mm -hmm. And he, he puts people in that small group for the specific reason to heal each person in that small group. We, wow. we say, you're in a small group, you're in a family now that the Lord has put around you and he's chosen every single one of them to be a part of your healing. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's kind of like, it's very rare for people not to share their deepest, darkest secrets. Or they think, oh, our marriage is fine. We don't have any problems. And we, I go, look over at table five, and they're going, blah. And we're going, thank you, Jesus. They're going deeper. So it's kind of like wherever you are, you come to this workshop, and it's a sacrifice. Men coming to this workshop for 60 hours talking about touchy-feely things, you know, instead of their vacation. Like the Lord knows when people are giving and sacrificing to come with money, with their kids getting babysat. You know, it takes a lot to travel now. But the Lord, I think that's one of the reasons why we see like 80-something percent of the people getting really a lot of help and getting changed. Wow. If I could go a little bit further with that, um, the, again, the name of our ministry is Nothing Hidden Ministry. So there's so much that people they come into a marriage vowing to love each other and cherish each other. 
and yet many times they hide the shameful things this lawyer was talking about. So the beginning is the opening up, being willing to be truthful, and hopefully both are committed to truth and love, so that the person receiving the bad news of something that the other spouse did or whatever can respond in truth and love, and, but there's something else that's needed. Just the open communication isn't, not, isn't enough. You can go back to the 1970s and all of the encounter groups they had there. <laughs> Everybody spilled their guts and their guts were laying out and that was it. Um, the, God has ways for us to be healed and people need some tools. Um, you know, people go to counselors and psychologists, which is fine and, and they're trained to do this, although some of them don't really use power of the Holy Spirit, which is available, but people, the average person in the church, and especially the person who has a pastoral gifting can learn how to do this. And we want people to learn how to minister to each other in their home, husband and wife together, uh, just like we learn how to minister to people out on the street and, and, and all that, and, and actually listen to the Lord's voice and hear. And then we have tools, we have a tool booklet, we have an app with all of our tools on it so people can use it, if they will they see God meets them and God uh, works them. And they can, they can, after workshop, go home and most can go home and really continue working on their, on their marriage. Would you say that the idea of being vulnerable and sharing your deepest, darkest places of shame and pain, does that heal a marriage? I mean, are you, do you see, is it literally transformational when people do that? Absolutely. If Holy Spirit is, if that's what you're supposed to be working on, he details every person and helps them know what they're ready for to hold on to and what it's going to look like and how deep you go. Maybe you're only going to go like down to level five, you know, but um, whatever he, and he runs the whole thing. Sometimes he hijacks our workshop and he does all kinds of things for the people in that room. But yeah, we see tremendous healing come. Even if, if it's just one person and, and that's been the roadblock. You know, both, it always takes two to make the marriage be good, and, and we both need to own whatever, if it's 80-20 or whatever. But we see people really healed, even if just one person has gotten free of stuff that they've never been able, they maybe weren't even aware of. Yeah. Wow. What happens if someone says, I want to have a healthy marriage, and I want to be happy, but my spouse isn't going to participate? Or, you know, because that's what, when we minister around the world, we will often hear, I would love to have healthy boundaries, but my spouse doesn't. I would love to have savings, but my spouse spends money. There's always that kind of shared, you know, conflict. What, what do you tell people that say, I want to be happily married, but my spouse doesn't participate? Yeah, uh, that, <clears throat> it's tough because it does take two. Um, what I'm thinking of is a couple I just recently was talking to. This was actually in just private counseling, and that was a situation they wanted marriage counseling, and when it came time to make the appointment, they actually come up, come to the appointment. The husband backed out, yeah. <clears throat> and so I said to the wife, "I said, well, how about if we meet and I, we can talk about you and how you interact and how you can best interact in the marriage?" And so we met, and actually, some issues, important issues, come up the very first week: anger and entitlement and things like that. That she really loves God and working on her stuff, and she went home and worked on it some more. And um, interestingly enough, her husband saw that. And because of that, was willing to come the next week. And um, <clears throat> we always help people focus on their stuff, not their spouse's stuff. That's the easiest thing to do. And that, there's nothing godly in that. Once heard a pastor say, it only takes 
one good eye and a carnal mind to be critical of somebody else. One good eye and a carnal mind. Yeah. And and so then the process. I mean, you can't force anybody, but it was, it was a kind of a delicate process. This man, have you heard his past? His family, his his mother was involved sexually with his older brother, with her, with his friends, with and the physical abuse of of him. The way she hit him, put his head in the wall, left him as kids on the street, would take off and be gone. A teenager catches her in in bed with another man, and you know things like that. Um, he, he, he just got to the place where he just didn't, couldn't trust. So this is where I think maybe the skill of working with people over years comes in to be able to help just gradually get, move him along. So we had a second session and, and he, was able, he was willing to forgive his mom. And at the end of that, and we talked, he was very open about it. He doesn't trust anybody, but he was saying he really, he was thankful that his wife had, had gotten me involved, that he could trust me, which is the huge thing. So that's, that's the real trick, is finding a way to build trust. But it's more than that, because he, like he opened up and started telling about all this stuff from his life. And he'd been sexually abused more than one time in his life also. And, um, and, and that's the shame and the guilt and the vulnerability is opening, it, opening all that up. But he also needed to know, and this is where actually, in, in a time when I had to keep pushing to help him go beyond just talking, to, say, to be willing to do the forgiveness, because that's where the freedom came, he could feel it. So that happens sometimes. I'm talking about a situation where I was dealing with directly. In our workshops, we don't do most of that. That's other people. Right. And, but the same but kind of thing happens, the same impossible yeah. thing. They will, the Holy Spirit will help them work it out at, yeah. in the small group, just like he was doing behind closed doors. It's a, it's a yeah. process. I mean, that's, to me, one of the, one of the sides of counseling and helping pastoring people is and where there's suffering mm. is when we care and we can see hope and we could even know how to help navigate a person to a better place, a healthier place, and they don't want to go there. And, and we can become dysfunctional if for our own selves we need to get somebody that we push or manipulate wow. or whatever instead of being able to graciously continue to bring love and truth, and hope that the person will respond. So what I, I just, love... I wanted to just go back really yeah. quick yeah. about your question. What if your spouse does not want to come? Because right. that's huge, and that's always there. And believe it or not, sometimes it's women that don't want to come. Yes. Um, but here's the thing that we found out. And we tell them, that's OK. If they don't want to come, let's just pray. You guys pray, and we'll pray. And if God wants them to come, and it's time for them to come, they'll come. So we have people coming all the time that are unequal. Are they allowed to come alone? No. They have to come together. But there's somebody there that's kind of, their arms are crossed and their eyes they're are They're there up. physically, but they're, they're, they're not physically, there. They're there physically. Yeah, they're, they're sitting down inside. They're not standing. They're sitting down. But um, they end up being won over by the miracles that are happening at their table by watching other people's lives because the Lord puts this whole team together and it's amazing how many times people will go how did you guys know that we all have the same problem and we go we didn't know that you know Holy Spirit knew that but really um, 
many, many times, and we've had people that are come where, you know, the husband's not a, a Christian and the wife has been praying for her husband. And we said, you know, if he's willing to come, he's free game for Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, just if you're willing to step your foot in the door, the Lord sees that as a win and he will run. He runs to meet people. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I love what you guys do in the workshops. And clearly it's like you can see the power of like community. And, and when people are starting to see other people either open up, it's empowering, right? It's like, okay, well, if they can do it, I can do it. But I was going to ask, like, maybe in the workshops, but in general, in marriage, what do you think is the, mo- the biggest hindrance to um, people showing it because we always say, Havlin always say, like we have to both show up 100%. It's not 50% and 50%. Um, so, what do you think is the biggest hindrance to someone showing up 100% to actually like realize they need help and they need tools in their marriage? I wouldn't say there's one thing. There's a number of things. The shame and guilt keeps person inside. Uh, where a person won't even look inside themselves. We talk about cultivating intimacy begins with uh, being truthful with yourself. Mm. And it's a, a whole talk on that. But uh, if we don't, aren't willing to look inside ourselves, we're certainly not going to invite our spouse to look inside. And they're not going to let them talk to us about what's inside. And the interesting thing is that what we do when we don't admit the truth about ourselves we end up psychologically talk about projecting on other people. We see in other people what's in us, and but we only see it in them. We don't see wow. it in ourselves. But you know, there's a spiritual correlate to this. And that, I just want to go back because I want to catch yeah. that. When we are not honest about what's really happening in us, and mm-hmm. we don't look at that because of fear, shame, whatever, sure. then we will project it onto somebody else and see that exact thing in either our spouse or someone we're connected to. Is yes, that what you're absolutely, saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. It sounds bizarre because we see it in them and don't really believe we have it. And they may not even have it, but we'll see it in them as well. Wow. And, and, and the perfect example is, I'll try to do it really quick, is um, it, it, the biblical correlate is repentance, confession of our sins, and repenting of our sins, having forgiven. It opens our eyes. Jesus said, take the log out of your eye, then yeah. you will see clearly to help your brother. Otherwise, we're a hypocrite trying to help other people when we haven't seen our own thing. And this is what the Pharisees did when they would not accept the baptism of John and confess their sin. They saw evil in Jesus. Perfect. They saw themselves actually in Jesus. And believed they were right. They believed they were doing the nation a service by killing Jesus. Jesus said to them, your father is the devil. They were accusing each other of the same thing. They said he was demonized. And that's how, how confused we can be when we don't accept the truth about ourselves. We only focus outwardly. And I have sat with many couples, and I've watched them talk to each other. And, and I think to myself, you guys cannot see each other accurately at all. And I can more easily, because I'm outside, objective. And sometimes I'll tell them, I mean, I have to tell them, you just have to assume that just about everything you're thinking and hearing is a misunderstanding to completely wow. restart their thinking about each other. And then there's, there's tools like reconciliation that we use, conflict resolution, two different things to help people get out of some of those cycles where they, the hurts have separated them, the, all the miscommunication has stopped them from moving forward. 
but it ultimately really begins with the individual dealing with themselves. And what keeps someone from being able to honestly actually see themselves? Oh, that's huge. What? Okay, that's kind of back uh, what you were saying. And so it could be just the fear of, of vulnerability, the belief, believing the lie that most people live with this lie. I believe that if I open up and share the things that I feel ashamed of, then people are going to feel the same about me that I feel. And so they don't take that risk. But I mean, it can be selfishness, which is again, is just another dysfunction that comes to a person who's probably feeling inadequate and feeling um, inferior and things like that. And so they choose selfishness, which is the opposite of, the, of a godliness and opposite of, of the gospel where we are to give of ourselves. And so, I mean, there's, Dis- and there's a million ways where those- If you're not, like he said, if you're not honest, we've had people come to our workshop and one of them, they even came up and did our inner healing in front of everybody. And one of them was in the middle of an affair and never told their wife. Uh, we went through this whole thing, nothing hidden. And they just, they didn't, they were out to lunch and they were just going through all the motions. And they didn't get any, any breakthrough, any healing. We thought, what is going on? They were refusing to be honest. Lori and Barry, thank you for the investment of your time. We love you. And I'm just confident, and if anybody gets connected with you, that they will receive so much more than than they expect. And um, again, check out the, the show notes. All this will be in there, as well as we'll add this in a link um, in, our, in our newsletter. So make sure that if you're looking for this information, we'll get that to you. But most of all, we pray that the Holy Spirit awakens your marriage and that this next season would be your best yet. And all the healing and restoration would come to you because that's what you need and want and desire. So we love you. Lori and Barry, have a great day. We'll see you guys later. Those of you that are listening to this podcast, we will see you next time. And uh, let us know in the show notes if you enjoyed this. Make sure you leave us a comment. We read each and every one. Babe, thanks for being a part of this podcast. This was amazing. I love it. Yeah, thanks again, guys, for being with us. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.